0: Welcome to Tide Wellness, where you learn mindfulness-based techniques to help you meet the flow of your life. Here, we authentically explore what is going on within us to best meet what is happening around us. There's no stopping life, but we can meet it no matter what the tide. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Rupp, inviting you to be Tide Well. Hello, I'm Dr. Heather Up. Welcome to the Ebb Tide Wellness Podcast. Today we're going to talk about strengthening our capacity to live from the heart. So before we get into more details on that, let's first check in with ourselves. So just maybe breathing into your heart, maybe tuning inward, noticing your mind without overthinking it, but just feeling into it, where do you live? Do you live more in the head or in the heart? Would you say that when you're meeting your daily life, you are coming from a place of felt emotions of heart or mental activation of mind? And with challenges, when you have challenges, does the mind get grinding and mental work become the source of your path? Or are you coming from a more heart-based approach? So that's what you usually do. But looking at things a ad- different way, slightly, I want you to think about when you're really in the flow and things are going smoothly, easily serving you and your life, then where is your awareness? In that situation, I think it likely your awareness is not caught up in an overactive thinking mind. But more likely coming from a lower place of knowledge, purpose, genuine, genuine heartfelt connection to what you care about. That gives us a little bit of a clue here that living from the heart might actually be something we should do. And most of us, myself included, got the memo in our early socialization, that the mental space was the ruler, that we could think any problem through, that we just had to sit down and solve it, that we had to be rational and logical creatures, that the human mind and brain was what made us such exceptional creatures. Well, no shade to the brain and the mind. I'm a big fan, but we're realizing now that we sort of misunderstood the most important player, which is the heart space. And by training ourselves to lead from the mental space, we just encouraged an overactive, overanalytical, often wrong, and fretful mind that really wasn't that great at making decisions on its own. It needs the heart. And here's why. So there's some amazing research at this place called the Heart Math Institute, I'll put the link in the show notes. You should definitely check it out. But it's a group of scientists that have been working for over 30 years to really study the heart and the electrical signaling that comes from the heart. It turns out the heart actually sends out a lot more electricity than the brain does. And this bi directional relationship between heart and brain signaling, the strongest signals come from heart to brain. And then the brain responds to the heart. So we've got a bi-directional system here between heart and brain. Most of us did not know that. And the heart is really the strongest force in that relationships. So when we're not paying attention to the heart, when we're not letting the heart do its thing, when we're not tuning into the energy, sensations, signaling from the heart, we're not working at our optimal design. The HeartMath Institute has also found that when we are in a space of negative emotions, stress, grief, anger, sadness, that the heart has some what they call erratic or chaotic messages it's sending to the brain. So the brain gets confused, (laughs) poor little brain, it gets confused and it can't think and it can't make decisions. And we all know this when we're in a negative state. When we're angry, when we're stressed, we are not thinking clearly. You're just not. And what's the main advice there? Take some breaths. Just take some breaths, which is really annoying when you're in the moment, but it's absolutely accurately the thing you should do. (laughs) And then when we take the breaths, we come into the heart space, and we have the chance to re-regulate what the heart is feeling. And this institute has also shown that when the heart is in a space of positive emotions, that it has a positive impact on the functionality of the brain and the mind, and that we think more clearly, we are able to go more into the flow and just serve our lives better from the mental capacity. So here, feeling good in the heart has positive impacts on the function of the brain. And they've also shown there's positive impacts on blood pressure and respiration so the body feels better. So look at this, the heart as the key to optimal functioning cognitively and body health. So it's not just this cheesy come from your heart sort of thing. It's a very practical, scientifically-based approach to shifting the seat of our awareness, which meditators and Buddhists and spiritual leaders have told us forever, to the heart space, to live from there. And it's not being Pollyanna. It's not saying, okay, I'm being um, challenged here. There's some stressful things. I'm just going to turn the other cheek and pretend things aren't happening. That's not real. That's not mindfulness. That's not authentic. And that's also just very annoying. (laughs) Like, Like, you know, is it really annoying when, like, you're kind of stressed about something legitimate and the person you're talking to, you just need to kind of vent, is like, well, what's the silver lining here? And it's very difficult, at least for me, to continue to come from the heart space when people are saying things like that. So we need to promote a positive experience for the heart, but it comes from a place of authentic noticing. And that's what mindfulness does. It gets us in the present moment where there's always, always something that you can tune to that is positive. Just being alive and breathing and feeling your fingertips and noticing the blue sky. That is nice. It's positive. It feels good. So just noticing that stuff, you're not creating some stupid story about, you know, why the death of your dog wasn't terrible. That sucks. You should be sad. But in the same moment, you might look over at a tree and feel the love for nature that you shared with this same dog. And so humans, unfortunately, are wired Something we call negativity bias. The definition of negativity bias is our propensity to attend to, learn from, and use negative information far more than positive. Yes, humans, oh my gosh, we are such buzzkills on ourselves, but we're actually wired, our brains are wired in the environment to see more quickly the crappy thing, the negative thing. there's something positive, not a priority. We're going to see the negative thing. We're going to encode it more deeply and more quickly in our memory. It's going to be more easily retrieved from our memory. And it's going to be a more salient experience for us than something positive that's happening. So you ever, you know, get home from your day and your partner's like, hey, how was your day? And Most likely the thing that comes out is like the one negative thing. There could have been 65 amazing things that happened and we're like, yeah, like my boss sort of gave me a a weird look (laughs) or something that we completely over, over attend to. So it's not your fault. There's tons of research from psychology and neuroscience showing we're wired to be sort of Debbie Downers. And it's to protect us. So the theory goes that we used to be walking around the woods and if there was a snake or a stick, it was more advantageous to assume that it was a snake. So you jump and get out of the way and not get bit by a snake. Because if you were wrong and it was a stick, well, you just jumped away from a stick. No big deal. I jump away from a lot of sticks in the woods, by the way. Um, but if you erred on positivity and were like, oh, that snake is probably a stick, or a carrot, then you just got bit by a snake. (laughs) So we need to not falsify our reality to create false positives. What we do is by identifying our negativity bias, we open up to the actual reality and truth of our present situation, which is there's far more good, wonderful, nice things happening than we usually notice. And in that way, we're living in a false reality. We're living in a false reality that isn't very nice. So why don't we just open our eyes to the actual experience we're having in the present moment, and it's like, oh, hey, there's actually some good stuff going on in here. So when we do this, we become mindful. We breathe into the present moment. We see the things that make our heart come into a positive emotional state And then our mind's more open, our bodies more relaxed. It really all comes down to noticing the goodness in our lives that are already there. And this is the practice of gratitude. The scientists at the HeartMath Institute have found that the state of appreciation is actually the most effective for creating the most beneficial heart patterns. So... I think you've probably heard about a gratitude practice. And again, this could be something people just take as like sort of cliche or cheesy, and it's just not. The gratitude practice, which is basically just taking a moment to notice the blessings in your life, the things that are, that are good for you. There's science showing this simple practice of saying, oh, hey, look at that. Like, I like that flower. I'm really grateful that there's a flower today. Simply doing that, there's been studies showing decreases levels of depression and has just generally higher levels of well-being. It increases our trust in strangers and even increases sleep quality. So if there's one thing you want to do to improve your health, your life, your sleep, start a gratitude journal. And it's simple as every morning or every evening or both – jotting down a couple of things that you're grateful for. One of my favorite meditations that I do at night before I go to bed, the guy, the the um the guide of it always says, you know, think about a couple good things that happened today. And as soon as I do that, I completely feel everything from the heart shift and the body and the mind follow. So start a gratitude practice. Right now, let's start a gratitude practice. I want you to go ahead and just make a list of all the good things right now. Notice how you feel now. Wasn't that more fun? We could do the same list. <laughs> of all the shitty things in your life right now and which feels, I'm not going to ask you to do that, but which feels, which would feel nicer? Which would be more beneficial to your interactions with people today, to your approach to your work or simply to your approach to yourself or just enjoying life more? I and mean, isn't it nicer. Again, not Pollyanna, not making stuff up that's not true or talking ourselves out of difficulty. That's not gratitude. But gratitude is when we notice what is already really there that our negativity bias had distracted us away from. So notice your negativity bias next time you're just in that spiral of everything sucks, I suck, life sucks, it's always going to suck. Just come into the heart space, breathe into the heart space, and name like three things you were grateful for. And on a really hard day, those things might be super simple. Like I have shelter. I have food. Some days on a really rainy day, I always just get really grateful for the fact that I have a roof. I have heat. And then it feels cozy, And you've just tuned into something that's really nice. And so when your partner or your friend or child is getting on your nerves, because everybody gets on everybody's nerves, like that's fine. Notice if you might just be able to say to yourself, well, what are three things that I'm actually grateful for about this person? And it doesn't make them perfect. It doesn't make the annoying things go away. But it just balances out your perception of what's really going on. So we're not looking for a false reality. We're looking to retune our senses, our lenses, back to the world in which there are good things happening to. And the more we foster our ability to perceive, remember, and learn from the positive, the more we begin to live in a state of heart. And when we live in a state where we're coming from the heart and we're more in tune with ourselves, with our lives, with the flow, and we simply function better. So we practice this with gratitude. We practice this simply by breathing into the heart. And of course, we can practice this in meditation. So we'll come into meditation now. I want you just to find a posture, a situation that's right for you. Maybe the eyes can close. Maybe you just lower the gaze. As you tune inward, I invite you just to notice where your awareness really is now. It's most likely heavily felt in the mind. We're so used to living in the thinking space. Just notice if you've sort of taken up residence in the upper levels of body and you're coming from the place of thinking mind. There's nothing to be mad at or think is wrong here. It's just a choice now. When we live in the thinking mind, we don't get the benefit of the heart being in the lead, of the heart communication. So allow yourself to begin just to come into your heart space with your attention, to feel yourself drop. Beneath the thinking mind. And naturally, the breath will follow. The chest might become more easily breathed. And really come into that, participate in that. Let the inhales draw you into the heart space, draw you beneath the thoughts. Let the exhales release you from the graphs of the thinking mind, lower into the heart. Breathing into heart space now, finding a new place for awareness to land. The mind will begin to pull you into it and just decide every time that happens to foster awareness in the heart instead. We need to strengthen that connection. Breathe into space of heart. Let yourself live there. Let yourself come beneath the thinking mind with every breath. Perhaps on the exhales, you notice the shoulders relax and the throat releases, the upper back, The belly can soften. When we land in the heart space and come out of thinking mind, notice how the body responds with release. As you're getting more connected to the heart space through the breath, taking some time now to really sense into the energy of the heart, the way it tells its story without the narrator of the thinking mind, how the heart beats, feel its electricity, its energy, its state. State of heart, sensing into heart space, just saying, I want to, to know you better. How it feels to live here. feeling this connection to the heart energy strengthening. I want you to really allow yourself to feel the field of heart electricity, of signaling that goes well beyond you. Notice what signals you're sending out. Sometimes if we're angry or sad, we send out different signals than if we're in a positive heart space. The positive heart space is, in fact, the one that lets us heal, the more challenging heart space. So let's cultivate some feelings of gratitude now. As we rest in the heart space, I want you to just bring into awareness people in your life that you're grateful for. Don't have to tell stories about them or say why. Just hold them in gratitude and feel how the heart responds. And now, hold in gratitude for practical support you have in your life. Food, shelter, the basic needs that you have met. Safety. And gratitude for events of your life what you're looking forward to, what you've enjoyed already. Today from the year from next year. What about your gratitude for yourself? Just want you to hold space in your heart now for everything you're grateful for. Letting the flood of gratitude beat through you from the heart. Notice what that feels like. not cutting the mind off from the, f- the heart they're linked they're friends they work together so as you're holding space of gratitude in the heart notice what messages are being sent to the mind the brain the mental space how is that receiving the signaling from a grateful heart and what does that shift In the mind, how does the mind feel connected to the appreciative messaging of heart? Hold that. Maybe you bring into your awareness, something that's been a problem for you or a challenge. And let it be held in the combined coherent space of the heart-mind. See what comes to you now in terms of insights, wisdom, clarity, Power of the heart-mind. Releasing that experience you brought to mind and just holding space to feel this positive, true, present moment, gratitude in the heart, in the mind, in their union, And in the body, noticing how the body feels. Heart, body, mind in a coherent flow state facilitated by the simple awareness of the goodness in your life. yourself live from this place I'll close with a quote by Melody Beattie she says gratitude turns what we have into enough and more it turns denial into acceptance chaos into order Confusion into clarity. It makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. So, a reminder again to practice the strengthening of a positive heart state through gratitude journaling through present-moment awareness, through the intention to come from the heart space and to live then from the combined capacity of your heart-mind. See how that goes. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. I'll see you next week. In the meantime, be tide well. Thank you so much for listening and showing up, not just for this podcast, but for yourself. To dive deeper with me, check out my website at ebtidewellness.com and learn about personal wellness coaching opportunities and events. If this episode resonated with you, why not share it with someone else who you think might connect with it? I'll see you next week. In the meantime, be ebtide well. Thank you for listening today. Do you wonder what I mean by being embodied Well? Well, it's an integrative practice that uses tools for body, heart, and mind. To be embodied Well, you can find all the resources you need in our online library. It has over 100 videos and includes meditations, yoga sessions, bar, and even acupressure sessions. A one-time cost gives you unlimited access so you can access your wellness, body, heart, and mind. Find it at our website and be ebtied well.